0: going the other way.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Dead Talk Live, and it is my honor today to welcome our very special guest, Sean Roberts, uh, best known for the Resident Evil movies. Sean, thank you so much for being here tonight. How are you doing?
0: I do great. I am uh, excited to be here and, and be with the audience. This is uh, it is a blessing, so thank you.
1: No, oh, thank you. And I got to ask you, just watching those clips, how fun was it to be in the Resident Evil movies? It looked like you guys had a blast. <laughs>
0: Well, and that's the thing. I, I feel terrible just talking about how great the experience is because the movie's amazing.
1: But, mm-hmm.
0: you know, uh, being a, a local actor here in Toronto, you growing up I heard about the movies and, uh, you know, you sort of dream and hope that maybe one day you could be a part of it and then to actually realize that it was it was mind-boggling. You know, the uh, the scale of our sets and, and just the movie itself is, is a really big movie, a big series, and... Yeah, it's a blessing because, you know, a lot of times you're doing sort of low budget stuff and, you know, just kind of making it work. And then and, and to be a part of something that is just will make it as best as possible is a different experience. And, uh, you know, to be able to work with Mila, who is an absolute oh, yeah. badass and to see how dedicated she is, you know, I think um I think that was a big learning uh, curve for me is being able to see, you know, just how how it is uh at at that level of the game and uh yeah it was so much fun i mean kicking ass blowing shit up that's amazing
1: exactly did you guys have a good relationship working relationship with mila
0: oh yeah she's uh she's definitely the person that would be standing off camera giving you the lines she is there right to the end and uh i was amazed because You know, we had she had a a young daughter and it was like, Well, you can just go and that's fine. Anybody can say the words. She's like, Absolutely not, I'm here for you. And I was like, Oh
1: wow, okay, geez. All right, amazing. That is so awesome. So let's let's go back to where it all started for you. Your first professional credits are like at the age of ten. how did that start? Were your parents a big influence? Was it all you nagging your parents? How did you get started? (laughs)
0: uh yeah i guess um it was my uh interest in school plays and uh i had always sort of managed to get the lead role and then a christmas gift my parents were like you know what why don't you try theater for children i was like okay so we did that and then uh they they seemed to see my interest in it and then um i guess it was a year later or so i moved to stratford um where a friend's father was a scriptwriter. And he saw the operetta that I was in, and he said, well, you know, acting's a, a job, and you, you might be able to audition for a TV show. And, you know, as a kid, you don't really put two and two together. Wow. You see people on TV, but it, that's not a job. People, Those people don't exist in real life. But then, uh, yeah, I got that opportunity, and I got to learn on the job. I, I had a, a full-time gig uh, as a kid, and it was amazing. It was It was really nice to be able to learn you know the ins and outs um without having the pressure of uh, huge success yeah exactly. so it was great just quietly learned my way
1: and being so young you have such a long impressive resume looking back now do you have any regrets that you might have made the wrong decision
0: uh not no no not at all um actually I'm at this stage in my life, I am more grateful than ever for the journey that I've been through. Um, you know, it, it has its ups and downs, absolutely. And it's uh, it really makes you appreciate when you do have success um, after you've struggled for a bit. And uh, I probably would have been a terrible person if I had success too early. <laughs> so it's good to have those challenges. And, you know, it, it sets you right. It humbles you. And... Um, you know it's it's easy in the in the film industry to sort of take yourself out of of the everyday because you're always you're you're shuttled over to one special area and you have special people tattoo and you know makeup and hair and all that and then um you're, you're segregated and it wasn't until i got a little older and like no 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. we're all the same those people are as cold as i am you know and uh it was it was a good learning curve and i'm grateful for the challenges that have come along and I've met some incredible people. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that's that's the big importance there is that, you know, it's the experiences. The movies are great, um, but it's the people and those connections that have sort of really added value to my life.
1: Now, the person that discovered you, correct me if I'm wrong, is Robert Forsythe. Uh, do you still remain connected with Robert to this day?
0: Uh, his spirit. Um, oh, he that, passed away uh, uh, yeah, a few
1: I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. I knew that. I mean, you know, Uh, up until his passing, were you guys relatively kept in contact with each other up until he did pass away or?
0: Oh, absolutely. He was uh, a a big support and, um, you know, he continued to write on the show for a couple of years that I was on. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was more than supportive and, and happy for the success that I've got. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, serendipitous I suppose how it all came together but um yeah I I think I'd like to think I made him proud
1: that's awesome now you have been involved in action horror romance comedy are there different skill sets that you tap into depending on the genre of film that you're doing
0: uh I think you know one of the highest stakes um well, okay. So let, let me readdress that. There's two moments when the stakes are the highest and that's whether or not the emotions are raw and they're flowing. And that's, there's a lot of work on that when it's, when it, to keep it real, right? So you have you're on set. you got six hours of trying to maintain a certain energetic level in your body and it can be exhausting. You know, I mean, hey, work is work. I get it, but um, it's, it's a different kind of um, emotional energy and a lot of, You know not to get too hokey on it but it can change you if you really hang on to that for too long so that's that's one of the challenges um whether or not you're in a dark space or or whatever you're doing to get your emotions there um and the other side of things is when you're about to go and do a stunt and Mm -hmm. that for me is the greatest adrenaline there is because you know what the stakes are you're gonna be safe and it's it's the shit I get up for in the morning. So I absolutely love um, the Three, two, one, here we go. Let's see what happens.
1: Are there so, are any yeah. stunts that you've had to have a stuntman do for you? Or have you done all your own stunts?
0: Well, there are some things that we have to get uh, a stunt double for because of insurance. Exactly. And sometimes That'll... I just couldn't do it myself. Yeah. Um, so, for example, in the uh, the sizzle there at the beginning, the backflip. Um my stunt double did the backflip, it's wire work, it's a it's a specific skill set. Um but yeah, I mean I I try and push that I'm willing to hit the ground. I wanna do it. And uh, you know, I I've worked with some high level uh stunt coordinators, so I, I understand the risk and um yeah, I, I live for that. I mean I'm in fairly good shape, so I'm let's hit the ground. You know, let's make it real. Let's make it work um so yeah no I, I love that stuff
1: seeing those stuntmen in work have you gained a new respect for the the talent that they have and the work that they do
0: oh absolutely absolutely it's um it's one thing to hit the ground once but if you got to do it 15 times and your body's been tenderized and you still got to hit it just like the first time and uh, that takes a special kind of person so i've uh, i've been blessed enough to be sort of taken in by the stunt community and uh yeah it is it is really impressive with their work ethic um to work through the pain to work through the injuries and still show up and and you know the majority of stunt people you won't hear a peep out Uh of them about a complaint or a discomfort they are hard asses so Uh it's uh it's always inspiring to be able to work with them and you know, maybe feel like you're a part of it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. yeah. Now you've done your fair share of TV and film. Do you have a preference?
0: Hmm. Well, the uh, the reality of shooting television is, is it's a really sort of quick process, and it's okay. That's good enough. Let's move along. We need to get the whole episode, and then sometimes, should the budget permit, on a film. At least we have time you yeah. know there's a there's a little bit more creativity there's you know maybe we can pick this up later kind of a thing if we didn't get it but um i like the creative pace of film uh if i can pick and choose but you know as an actor you'll take anything
1: <laughs> now uh getting into this industry of ten we know how big robert was in for inspiration who on screen did you look up to at the in the 90s or the early 2000s that was an inspiration for you
0: well um, you know I grew up watching uh, Bruce Willis and, and Arnold and all of the action heroes so really I mean it's not it wasn't a performance sort of uh, inspiration for me it was more of a uh, uh, alpha male inspiration um but having said that i mean jack nicholson was always like the guy oh my god he's you know the power that that guy has when he performs is is definitely awe-inspiring and i i guess he's probably been on my list the longest
1: (laughs) if you if you had a choice moving forward and let's say you you know uh I don't want to use the word boxing, but pigeonholed as an action superhero. I mean, would you rather be like a... Let me give you three names, okay? Three different action heroes. Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the two that you mentioned, and then somebody like Liam Neeson. Okay, Liam Neeson is someone that you don't really see as an action uh, star, but he does a lot of action films. Who would you rather be?
0: Uh, well, I mean that, that's pretty pretty easy for me. It's Arnold, you know. I mean, I <laughs> grew up on the the Conan movies, and um, yeah, you know, as a as a man in his thirties, it is sort of challenging to see a dude in his sixties taking all the action movies when I'm so eager to do it myself. Exactly. I get it. I yeah. Get it, um.
1: It is what it is. I I totally understand. Uh, What did it feel going into the production side of things when you were uh, the executive producer in Feed the Gods in 2014? How did that feel?
0: Uh, That's actually exactly where I'm hoping and trying to push my career right now. Um, You know, after doing this for as many years as I have, It's frustrating to sit there and wait for the phone to ring, you know, and uh, the sense of of the lack of control over your own destiny is I've had enough of it. And frankly, it's at this point where, you know, I I know the processes uh, of creating a film and I want to be a bigger part of it. You know, it's one thing and it's nice. It's a luxury to be an actor. You come in, everything's set up. You leave before it all gets taken down. It's great, not your responsibility. Having said that, you know, to uh, to level up and and play the game of, of, of being a boss, um, somebody with that responsibility. Um, that's that's what I'm looking for. And actually, I'm uh, I'm working on a couple of projects right now where that's yeah. I, I think that's where my future lies. As well as, as performing, obviously. So but.
1: you definitely love it and have a preference to being like a producer. How about even directing?
0: You know, I mean, what actor doesn't at least consider it? Um, you know, it seems, you know, pretty typical. But yeah, I mean, I, I know the processes. I'm an artist, too. So I enjoy the, the thought of of, of uh, being able to create something. Um, you know, I think that's the the reality is, is that it's... Not going to happen unless I make my own films, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's cool. I, it's an option, and I, I, I definitely am interested in exploring that.
1: Let's talk about skinwalkers, okay? Uh, we already touched on stunts, but uh, what was the hardest pow- part about uh, while, you know, you were harnessed to those contraptions and, the, uh, and they kept the, uh, to keep the werewolf restrained, what was the hardest part about those stunts in particular? And was that all you? Uh,
0: for Skinwalkers, the majority of it, from what I can recall, it was a long time ago, uh, yeah, I think I did it all. Um, and as far as the, the restrained suits, I think the biggest challenge was is how sweaty you got inside of them and not tearing the damn things off the wall because you're, you're, you're doing it, you're, you're fighting it. And you know you wanna, you really wanna make sure it looks good. You can't just sit there and wiggle. Um, so yeah, I think we put uh, set deck and props to the test on that one. Um, but it's again working with Elias is incredible. I mean, and Kim Coates and heavy hitters. And you're just like I want to bring my A game, and i I want to do anything that it takes to to at least get close to their level, right? Um, totally. So, totally. You know, you do anything, whatever it takes.
1: What What was uh like this? Did they actually use like real makeup, have real makeup effects, people, or was it all primarily CGI for that movie?
0: No, we had some, uh, we had some real prosthetics that came in, and then that was a lot of work uh, for that team. But it looks so good, you mm-hmm. know. But the reality is, when you're creating film, uh, that is an expensive creature. Doing that day in day out is not budget friendly so yeah you know you kind of got a blend between doing the real thing and and adding a little cgi here and there but um i think if my memory serves me right it was stan winston's company that worked on that and uh wow you know um getting to meet him was probably uh, one of the highlights of my career for sure because you think of all the magic that that guy has created um yeah it's it's pretty inspiring i wish i would have taken advantage he had offered for me to go and have a tour of his studio when i was in la Yeah. and i got busy i was like oh you know maybe i'll do it next trip and uh, then he passed and i missed the opportunity but he was uh sweet enough to write uh, a nice little a paragraph in a book uh one of his own books featuring all of his creatures and uh yeah, it's it's incredible the people you get to meet and those little moments, you know, and you're like, ah, oh, thank you for, you know, even acknowledging me, let alone letting me be a part of
1: it. Exactly, uh, and it was Sam Winston's company, and those people, like the Sam Winston's, the Rick Bakers, the Tom Savini's, even the Greg Nicoteras of today, the work that they put in their craft is just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, let's go on to the Dead movies. How did you first meet George Romero?
0: I imagine we probably, it was the first audition. Um, I'm pretty sure he was in the audition for Land of the Dead. Um, And of course, that was such a big movie that it's easy to get sort of lost in the fray there. Um, But for whatever reason, uh, he, he was a A sweet sweet man and you know when Diary of the Dead came out it's like oh absolutely you're you're coming in I was like okay Uh, wow okay thanks and uh, he bless his heart he was you know for him to create such a dark genre he is was such a warm guy I uh, I got the the luxury of being able to go to some signing events with him and the his generosity for the fans Um, His willingness to to be present and work all day at his age was, it was impressive. And uh, I, yeah, I I can't be grateful enough for the time that we
1: we are spending. That is a very common sentiment uh, with all the people that have had the pleasure to actually meet him. Was Land of the Dead your first dive into the horror realm?
0: I think so. Um, Like I said, it was so many years ago it all starts to blend together and I feel terrible for not even being able to tell you, but uh, it was definitely probably one of the biggest uh, movies that I, at that stage of my career that I'd been a part of. And um, you know, when you, you, you got John Leguizamo and dirt bikes and guns, you're like, I love making movies.
1: <laughs> exactly. So and pretty- you, you had such a great cast to work with. You had Simon Baker, John Leguizamo, dennis hopper we actually had robert joy who was also in that movie on here a couple weeks ago as well so a great cast great film uh what are your thoughts on your character dying so early in land of the dead
0: (laughs) well all the good characters do yeah (laughs)
1: um
0: yeah you know whatever i mean i Just glad to be a part of
1: it, you know. Do they? That's all right.
0: Give me some other glorious deaths in some other movies and that'll
1: be fine. (laughs) Exactly. You hear this a lot. People say, you know, if I'm going to die, you better just give me a good death. One worthy (laughs) of the character. Uh, Do you agree on how they killed you to save you from becoming a zombie, which is in contrast to the way John Leguizamo went out at the end of the movie? Do you like how they did that, uh, sparing you from becoming a zombie?
0: I think so. You know, I mean, it it shows that that element of decency and still the humanity that exists. You're like, you know, one last to fight later, but let's not put you through that kind of a thing. So uh, I'll say it was an enlightened move.
1: And, you know, going back to what you just said earlier, it must have been amazing to actually have George Romero, when he was doing Diary, actually say, you didn't, I assume you did not have to audition for Diary of the Dead.
0: I'm pretty sure we all did, yeah. Um, You know, it's not at that stage of the career where everybody's calling and making offers, but... (laughs) you know, it's it's the process, right? The union sort of dictates
1: that yeah.
0: everybody comes in and plays and says the words, so, you know, yeah, we'll do the process, but as soon as I walked into the room, George is like, ah! I'm like, okay, perfect.
1: Alright, so it's that- good to have him on your side. It's his movie. Uh, now, Diary of the Dead, you play a character, Tony, who survives the events of the movie, but had to witness his friends dying. Is that, like, the worst experience as a an actor playing a character in a movie having to survive but yet witness the death of all the people that you're supposed to be close to
0: well i think the if there's any sort of um actor challenges in that it's being able to maintain a certain level of energy um a certain vibe throughout the movie without it getting too monotonous and i don't know if i necessarily did it but at least that was the intent right i mean you guys still gotta have levels within that concern and in the heightened uh reality of the situation but yeah i don't know it's a it's a balance let's we'll see if it it worked i don't know maybe some people think it did <laughs>
1: Now, what aspects in the zombie genre do you find that are, are present there that are not present in other horror genres? Uh, is there anything unique to the you know the zombie genre, which Resident Evil is a zombie genre? You also did two, you did Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. Uh, is there any difference that separates zombies from other horror movies?
0: You know, I think uh, the real pressure comes from the fact that anybody could be a zombie, right? So as opposed to having just one killer, you know, he's coming to get you, whatever the case may be. At any corner, at least there could be a threat. Um, And I think some of the best fun is the threat that you would never expect. Here comes grandma, here comes, you know, little Billy or whatever the case may be. So I, I enjoy the fun that we can have. Um, with those circumstances, for sure, you know, make it interesting.
1: <laughs> now, when you got the, when you did get the role in Resident Evil, uh, did you have to go back and watch the previous movies, or had you already watched them?
0: Oh, I definitely watched them. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I grew up uh, back with the original PlayStation and playing that game we had a hard time getting to the second level because it's so creepy. (laughs) And so that really sort of set everything up. And then when the the first three movies had come out, um, yeah, I mean, you're you're a fanboy, so of course you're going to go and see them. And uh, then, obviously, as the years go on, you learn, oh, wait, that was Toronto? Oh, my, this is so close to home. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, a miracle happened, and I was at the right place at the right time. So that was... That was pretty neat. Uh mind boggling. I I still can't comprehend it, but
1: what is the uh I don't know if exotic is the right word. What is the I don't know, best place that you shot on location?
0: Well, let's go with exotic. I got to go to South Africa.
1: Oh Cape Town. Wow. So
0: incredible. You know, and that's probably one of the one of the perks of the job is that you get to travel to places that otherwise, you know, how long would it have been before I went on my own to South Africa? Exactly. And to be able to have contacts when you get there, that's a big comfort level for me. So that was nice. And uh, yeah, it was so weird to get down there and to hear the seagulls have a different car. And I was like, <laughs> what? You sound like little minions. It was so neat. And uh, yeah, I, uh, just to experience a an, an completely different culture was such an eye-opening experience um, that, yeah, that movie series has really, it has changed my life um, awesome. for the better and I'm, I'm still in awe of it.
1: Awesome. Know? Now, Resident Evil, as do so many other movies, draws on the Matrix for inspiration. It's undeniable. Uh, first off, are you a Matrix fan? Who isn't? Uh, exactly. And now there's a fourth one coming out.
0: You know, they just got to build that anticipation, I guess. I can't wait.
1: So how do you feel about Resident Evil incorporating a lot of inspiration from the Matrix movies?
0: You know, um, I think think it's a good move. I mean, frankly, if you look at the popularity of that film, uh, those films, and some of the techniques used to tell the story it works why wouldn't you emulate something that works and the fans love um you know some people can oh what are you doing you're copying it just like no no, that's that's a cool thing i mean that's that's the best form of flattery frankly and uh to be able to sort of kind of be in the matrix you know obviously not but um to do those kinds of things you're just like yeah, it's a dream come true. I, you know, you're constantly sitting there trying to pinch yourself and you're like, we are doing this. I am wearing this outfit.
1: You, know, you, not, you, you almost feel like celebrity. yeah, you almost feel like you're a part of the make. So, what walk us through that, like that scene with the bullet whizzing by you? Obviously, when you're an actor, it's shot with a high speed camera. That's how you get the slow motion. When you look at the final product. Are you in awe sometimes on how they put that together?
0: Always, always. You know, because in the day, uh, on the day, you, you're you're not looking at the monitor. You're there seeing the space, and um, yeah, it, it's it's difficult for an audience to understand. But the editor tells you the story, and you know, one second too long on on holding on somebody's reaction changes the whole vibe of the the scene so if your editor isn't on it he's the one who's just like okay there's the base let's go and and keeps it keeps it moving um yeah i am always amazed i love watching the end product um having said that i don't always go out of my way to follow schedules and see what stuff airs but it's it's always interesting to see. Oh, that's the take you chose. Okay, cool, good. I guess.
1: Does it ever make you feel like, man, I was there, but it just feels so different watching it? Like, is that really me?
0: Ah, uh, no, because I'm constantly going through the memories of being on set, and um, <laughs> it's it's so cool. I uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm really grateful for the fact that I've got this this video library of like half my life, um, that I can go back and accuse all the memories of, oh yeah, I remember doing that and working with those people. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I have mixed feelings because of course I am a very private person and it's one thing to just be walking around to somebody say, oh, Hey, you look familiar. Oh yeah. Right. TV. Okay. You probably saw me there. Um, yeah, it's, It's a, it's interesting, you know, random friends be scrolling through TV and then I get a text message. Oh, Hey, you're on TV. Cool. I guess I'm glad you like it. That's awesome.
1: So coming in for the final three movies, the characters, actors that were there earlier, did they embrace you and every other newcomer that came in, uh, brought you into the family, the Resident Evil family?
0: Uh, definitely. I mean, you know, Mila is, is the uh, the captain of that ship and she she was so gracious and, and so generous with her time that if, you know, she set a different example, I'm sure maybe things would have changed. But the truth is, is at that level, you get to pick and choose who you get to work with and you're not going to pick somebody who is miserable. <laughs> so it, it was a really sort of good group who understood the... Um, the blessings that we get to do, you know, make movies for a living. This is silly, you know? So it's, it's it, always inspiring to see people really appreciate what we do.
1: Absolutely. Now uh, I am kicking myself for not looking this up and actually not knowing the answer, but, uh, did Mila have any, uh, executive producer role for the, at least the last chunk of the movies or was it strictly just in front of the camera?
0: I think just in front of the camera. Um, okay. That's what I thought. I don't, that's not my, yeah, I don't
1: know. Yeah, so all the stuff that she did in helping uh, you and everybody else out, that was out of her own initiative and just being oh, yeah. a team player and wanting to help out. That's, yeah. That's yeah. good to know. That's good to know. Uh, what was it like portraying Albert Wesker, you know, for three movies over the course of six years? Did it? Do you feel like it uh, gave you... Uh, you know, some job security for those six years or after each movie, you didn't know if there was going to be another one or not.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's always a gamble. You're like, okay, well, we'll see what the numbers say, you know, when, it when it gets to the box office and then there's the delay of, okay, are we going to, you know, because it's not a small undertaking, no. you know, the, the money that they spend just to promote the movie is sometimes more than most movies budgets. Um, so it's, it's a big undertaking and a lot of things got to line up. So yeah, it was a, it was a question of, uh, is there going to be another movie? I don't know. Um, am I going to be in it? I don't know. You know, which direction is it going to go? Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was nice knowing at least there was something kind of potentially in the background. Uh, and it was, it was sad sort of when everything's ended, um, yeah. and, and moved on, but that's life. You yeah. know?
1: What was your favorite uh, part of portraying Albert?
0: Uh, you know, it was probably as silly as it is. There was the one moment when Mila says, I told you I was going to be bringing a few friends, and I got to take off the glasses. I, oh, You should have brought more. It was amazing. So fun. The, you know, you kind of live for those those moments. Those badass and, uh,
1: moments, yeah. <laughs>
0: So that was cool, and then um, one of the things that really sort of surprised me about her is in the first movie, we had uh, the scene where she comes down, she rappels down into the office where everybody's sort of working the monitors, and we have an interaction, and then I shoot her. She's holding the grenade, it blows up. Um, While we were filming it, she's like, no, no, you got to kick me. I was like, well, okay, but like... And she's like, no, kick me. <laughs> uh, so I'm booting a supermodel in the ribs on the ground. I'm like, are you serious? Are you for real? And uh, to see her level of commitment, you're like, well, shit, I got to step this game up. Yeah. So <laughs> how, how much How cool.
1: How much work, uh, rehearsal, choreography, did uh, it take before you guys actually filmed all those fight scenes between you and Mila?
0: Generally, it's uh, it's spread out a few hours um, each day uh, as the schedule permits, based on on filming. So, you know, there's for us as actors, there's probably a week day here, day there, kind of a thing. But then our stunt performers, who really have got to know it inside and out, so they can teach it to us and then fill in all the gaps. Um, they'll spend weeks doing it um, and, and really sort of figuring out the beats. And it's always funny, because sometimes you see actors that don't understand that, and they're like, well, what if I did this instead? What if I did... Like, no, this is the dance. Learn the dance. <laughs> you know?
1: Your outfits were so cool in the movies. Did they let you keep them? Did so, you-
0: unfortunately not, oh, because, man. you know, the potential of whether or not we were going to film again. Um, so they went into storage, and it wasn't until... I guess the last movie that I was like, okay, guys, can I please have this suit? I mean, you know, I'll take care of it. I will bring it back if need be. Um, so I, I got to keep uh, like a, a fitted Armani suit, not the Albert Wesker okay. outfit, because frankly, I needed like four people to be getting it on because it was so skin tight and uh-huh. there was no give to the material. And, yeah, but it's cool. You sweat like crazy, but you look cool.
1: It's, How does Mila feel about doing her own stunts? The way you're describing her, she's like, if she can do it, she wants to do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and that's understandable. It's an adrenaline rush, right? And uh, it always looks better. You know, if you can actually have the performer not hiding their face, well, then, yeah, it, it makes it more authentic. And, um it's a it's a careful balance because, you know, all it takes is one misstep and you know, maybe our schedule needs to change. And, you know, so it's I understand those concerns, but it's a fine balance between gotcha. badass and safe. And uh, yeah, I think she pulls it off very well. She, she knows her limits and um, yeah, she's a mother now. So maybe not as adventurous as she was in her younger years. Um, but yeah, definitely an inspiration.
1: So we're gonna take a little break. I want you to tell us about those products and that website you have up. Tell us about those, uh, what they look like supplements right there.
0: Uh, protein powder. Um, so it's uh, some protein powder that my buddy's got. It's uh, made in Canada, and it's one of the few protein powders that have actually been clinically studied um, to check out the results. and. You know, it's kind of what I do when I'm not working is I'm working out, um trying to keep sane. And uh yeah, I was like, all right, well, let me see what you got here and give it a whirl and yeah, it's uh they're all online and I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's give it a shot and see if it works and Are
1: know, they available are they available here in the US like at any GNC store and so on? Uh,
0: it's just online. Just, just online. online. So, okay. Yeah, it's uh
1: Muscle so 5.
0: Uh Stay Above Nutrition um, is the company, but...
1: Okay, so yeah. wh- what about that website you have to your left right there?
0: So that, uh, Zombie Fit. You know, I figured I train, I've got well over 10,000 hours of being a trainer. Um, and I figured, you know what, maybe there's people out there that are stuck in their houses. Uh, maybe you need somebody who will keep you accountable for working out, keeping fit. And uh, it's it's really about trying to offer more services to people. Uh, sort of the older I get, the more I realize that that's, that's the way, is, is to serve others. So exactly. I was like, okay, well, this is what I do. I'm passionate about it. Let's build a website. Let's see if there's anybody interested in, you know, getting in shape. And if I can help them, awesome. And, uh, yeah, so that and...
1: Especially now in these going, days yeah, where everybody is just stuck indoors most of the time. And working out, like you said, it's a way of keeping people sane.
0: And healthy. I mean, that's the biggest thing that we've kind of overlooked. I mean, sitting indoors out of the sunlight, yeah, you're going to turn to mush real quick. And, you know, it's it's been a few years in the making. I, I probably came up with a concept years years ago when The Walking Dead actually aired when it when it began it's like you know what there's there's a market of people that don't go to the gym and let's just hypothesize it's the end of the world it's a zombie apocalypse you got to keep in your house and you got to get in shape well we more or less all of us live indoors okay great I can work with that and I can show you how we can use what we got and get in shape enough to in theory uh, protect yourself, defend yourself, and, and live a little longer. So I was like, all right, cool, I like this. It you know, fits my sort of genre, so uh, let's give it a try.
1: Yeah, you know, I just read an article recently where, I forget the actor's name, he wanted so bad to be on The Walking Dead, and the reason they gave him was he's too big. Have you ever been rejected or not gotten a role because you're just too damn muscular and big for it? <sighs>
0: you know, I struggle and have struggled with my agents for years about it. Um, because for me, I do it. It, it keeps my sanity in check. Um, and the other side of things is that, yeah, I mean, I dreamed about being in some of these action movies and the reality is they're going to call and say, okay, well, we need you in three weeks. There is no way of putting on 25 pounds of muscle in three weeks. No. So this is a lifestyle for me. And, um, you know, yeah, there have been challenges because the agents are like, okay, for example, some of the Hallmark movies that I do, I'm like, okay, well, how do we describe or explain the fact that your character is jacked? I'm like, who the who cares? <laughs> Put a shirt on me. We don't have to talk about it. You know, I mean, it's I'm not that big, so it's you know not a problem. But yeah, uh, for some people, it
1: is. Uh, you All brought right. up uh, <laughs> the Walking Dead. Are you a fan of the Walking Dead?
0: I'm a fan of Greg Nicotero. Uh, I, uh, I never really got into the series. I was busy at the time. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm a terrible person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a no-brainer question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you got an audition and a call to go on The Walking Dead, I'm assuming you would not turn it down.
0: Absolutely not. You know? <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: it's uh, with the the following that it has and the guys involved, I was like, absolutely, I would. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. You know,
0: it's, it's there's more challenges than the fact that I'm Canadian and whatnot, but absolutely,
1: yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't, exactly. Uh, so what are the differences between playing uh, Wesker as opposed to his clone? Are there any differences that you incorporated between the two?
0: No. <laughs> well, That's therefore... a terrible answer. Uh, no, because, I mean, in reality, it's, all of the the memories, everything would be transferred. So there's not, not a, a foreseeable, not a, a difference, a discernible difference. Um, that
1: so, would be obviously the right way to play it, because you are a direct clone of him.
0: And not the first time in my career where I've played a clone. So yeah, I uh, you know I can pretend to be me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the resident evil franchise is huge you know the games the movies the movies are just a part of the franchise uh how does it feel to be a part of something that is just so huge and it's actually continuing it's uh being made into a show for netflix uh but you are a part of that history now how does that make you feel
0: you know, it's nice to be a part of something that lasts. And um, you know, as as Halloween comes around every year, uh, the audience gets to see it again, more or less. Uh, whether or not it's the Resident Evil movies or the Diary of the Dead, Land of the Dead, it's um, it's nice to be a part of that time of the year, that season. I don't have any Christmas movies, so mm-hmm. I'll take Halloween. Um, it's 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 really. You know, it, it gives validation to the my career and my choices. At least, you know, that's a, a big high mark of success for me anyway, personally. And, um, yeah, nobody can ever take that away, which is, is kind of
1: nice. Exactly. Are you planning on watching the new shows that are coming out on Resident Evil?
0: Well, uh, a friend of mine, Robbie Mel, actually... Uh, Got one of the landed one of the roles in, oh, yeah. in the series, and I couldn't have been happier for him because actually he came with me on the second premiere, um, Retribution, and that was that was nice to be able to bring your friends to a movie because we did it in L.A. Um, to bring your friends to a movie premiere, and then years later, like, oh man, okay, I'm coming to your premiere then. So that was that was neat. That was uh, I, I'm glad that the series hasn't um or the franchise hasn't sort of just fizzled away. Yeah. So it's nice to, you know, still kind of be uh, a part of it, you know.
1: You uh you have some projects that are coming out. Can you talk about them? Uh tell us anything about them?
0: Yeah, um so there's a couple of movies that I filmed a few years ago that were uh kind of getting to the the final stages. There's a couple of um Uh, Final steps whether or not that has to do with music or uh, final edits Um, Did a movie with Burt Reynolds his last movie Uh, and I was blessed enough to work with him twice and uh, That was quite the experience Um, and uh, Yeah, so I'm doing that and then again trying to get into the producing side of things. I um, I even went to the extent of having to write my own show because you know this is Eventually, you have to realize you want certain material. Sometimes you just got to make it yourself. Exactly. So I, get...
1: yeah, I firmly believe you got to make your own opportunities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and you just take the example of anybody that's hit a certain level of success. You're like, well, how'd you do it? Oh, wait, you built your own job. <laughs> 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 okay.
1: <laughs> when you uh, worked on the movie Man of the Year, directed by Barry Levinson, uh, did you get to meet the late, great Robin Williams at all?
0: I never was blessed enough to have direct interaction with him. He was probably like 40 feet away and doing his thing. And, you know, it's uh, it's just a blessing to be there and kind of be part of it. So it's a struggle because as a fellow actor, the last thing you want to do is go up and, hey, how you doing? Oh, my God, I think you're amazing. And, you know, I'll just let you work. I think you're great. Um, I'll give you space. But if we get a chance to talk, I'm going to tell you that. But... I'm not going to go out of my way and be like, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, I think you're awesome. So, (laughs) you know, um, but he, uh, he definitely left an impression on, on everybody that he worked with. He, there was a different vibe on set and it was, it was special. Absolutely.
1: I like to ask this question to a lot of my guests. Uh, if hypothetically you right now in your career are given a choice, you can have a role on television on a very successful show that guarantees you job security for at least four plus years, or you can start doing movies that, you know, one, two a year that are becoming hits TV movies, both successful, which in front of the camera now, which would you pick?
0: Well, at this stage in my life, I am looking to build a family to, do all the adult things that one does. So, you know, I've gambled thus far in my life and my career and it's okay. I'm not doing too bad, but no. you know, I, uh, I, 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 would take the security.
1: Um,
0: yeah. you know, I would adult it.
1: <laughs> How has COVID impacted your career in particular?
0: Well, uh, yeah, that was probably the longest stretch of unemployment that I've ever gone through.
1: A lot of people. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. So that was, that was tough. And, you know, it, it kind of makes you reassess the choices that you made. Is this, is there a future in this? And, you know, uh, but then you get one role and you're on set and you're like, Oh, right. I have to continue to do this because one day, fingers crossed, God willing, I'll be 80 years old and, uh, I don't want to live with regrets. um, I I realized that this was something that I more or less was put here to do. My soul loves it, so I need to keep doing it. Um, But that also doesn't mean that I can't do other things. And that sort of mindset took a while to change because, you know, you just begin to believe that you are what you do. Um, And it took a a little of a perception shift to be like, oh, no, not necessarily. Maybe get a job and make some money. And then (laughs) if the other things come along, fantastic but um yeah if anything it makes you appreciate the acting gigs a little bit more when you've had that dry smell so
1: (laughs) now one thing i never realized uh, uh, until i started doing this show and speaking to people is how big toronto is in filming uh so many shows hannibal uh clarice which is now a big hit on cbs also filming in toronto why do you feel i mean me growing up i've always heard of like uh, uh vancouver being the hot spot for filming now it seems like toronto has become the hot spot why is that what do you think
0: um, in recent years, we've had a couple of new film studios that were built here, um, so that might be helping. I know that for the longest time it was the um, the conversion rate on the currency, so that added a little to the budget. Um, the Canadian tax credit system sort of, again, was enticing to producers. Um, I don't know uh, specifically what has changed. I know there were a few years where the city was quote-unquote difficult to deal with because, you know, shutting down streets, finding parking, they wanted an arm and a leg to do it, and then basically all the productions pulled out. I'm like, alright, fine. Good luck. And I don't know what changed, but yeah, basically it was, oh, no, no, no yeah. I, I forgot how many billions of dollars the film industry brings in. Let, let's keep them happy. Yeah, um, yeah. So
1: yeah. It's, same thing going on here in the United States. You see all these locations that you never would think of would be Ideal for filming like Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, of course, Atlanta now over a decade because of The Walking Dead. And And I know that at the end of the day, it all comes out down to the cities giving really big incentives to these film studios to come to their town. It brings in jobs. It raises the economy. And I think it's great. When I was growing up, it used to be either New York or L.A. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what i mean now it's everywhere you know it's i think that's great
0: yeah i think uh you know it's it's interesting because the amount of films and, and productions that are going on right now are more than there ever has been so the opportunities are out there and you know the um there used to be a sort of uh, uh what do you call it um hurdles to 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 jump through or there was limited access for the average individual, and at this point, basically wherever you live, there's probably a film going on not exactly. too far away. Yeah. Um, so, which is great because you know we always we're always looking for new creative, talented people to get in and, and give it a whirl. You know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. How much of uh, your filming have you actually done in and around Toronto? Would you say a lot or very small percentage?
0: Uh, I would. Yeah, probably a lot. Probably a lot. Um, Let's go with forty
1: percent. That's Um, not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad. Being so close to home. Well, the hour is almost up. Uh, Sean, yeah, I told you it flies by quick. It does fly by. It does uh, fly by quick. Uh, Quick question: Have you ever thought about like you know, like we talked about making your own opportunities, maybe opening up your own production uh, company and really pushing? To go for your dream of pursuing and more becoming a production company and a producer and whatnot.
0: Absolutely, um, you know I have, I like I said I had written a, a script. I'll back it up for a second. Basically, I realized I didn't want to make uh, terrible or dark material. I wanted to go to work every day, and I kind of wanted to laugh. So. I wrote a half-hour pilot about the uh, the gym, and so it is my soul's journey, we'll call it, to make that happen, to find some producers that can come on board, and uh, I really want to learn more about the industry, and I want to be able to be a part of it in that 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 in that facet. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely steaming full ahead, and uh, I, you know, at this point. I, I don't have a wife or kids, so I can risk it all. And, uh, you know, why not? I'm young, I'm healthy, so let's go. Um, I'm
1: in. <laughs> you know, are you just saying that, I know my message box is going to get filled up with marriage proposals for you. <laughs> I'm going to forward them all to you. <laughs> Sean, okay. you've been amazing. This hour has been amazing. It's been absolutely fabulous talking to you. I want to thank you so much for coming on our show and sharing your experiences with us you have been and met some fascinating people and you still have the bulk of your career ahead of you and i see nothing but success coming your way just you're talented and i think you are going to be uh somebody just route you're also hot <laughs> I- I'm just reading the chats as they're coming up. So you are going to have nothing but success. And I look forward to continue seeing you on the screen. Any final thoughts you want to share?
0: John, I'm just grateful for this opportunity. And, um, you know, I I will keep trying and I hope uh, to make you proud. And I hope we can do this again sooner than later. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll go out there
1: and try and make some some badass movies. Make some watch. badass. Put, you know, Liam Neeson, uh, join that list. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody be safe. I'll be back on the air again tomorrow. On behalf of Sean Roberts and myself, again, stay safe. Stay walking till tomorrow. Good night, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome.